Hi everyone, my name is Mike Mararani. And I'm Antonio Mayo. And today's episode is about introduction to sensitivity and retention labels. And we have with us um, Antonio Mayo, who is the expert in this space, and he has a lot of passion about sensitivity and retention and classification and security aspects in Office 365. And he's done this for, for many, many years. And uh, we'll be talking for the next 15 minutes or to 20 minutes about this specific topic. So the floor is yours. Great. Well, thanks, Mike. So um, as many people know, um, Microsoft 365 and Office 365 provide some great capabilities for identifying the sensitivity of your information. So we've often in the past, we'd refer to that as data classification. Microsoft refers to that very much as sensitivity labels. Um, sometimes you hear the tools mentioned AIP, Azure Information Protection, or MIP, Microsoft Information Protection, and these are this is the product that allows you to do that, to apply sensitivity labels. And then they also talk about retention labels, and retention labels really are about records management. Data governance as well, sometimes referred to, but applying labels to documents um, that identify how long do they need to be retained for from a compliance perspective, from a legal perspective, from a regulatory framework perspective, how long do you need to retain these documents? And then when that time period expires, what happens to those documents? Okay, so let's go into the sensitivity labels and what that means and where do you apply it? Like in Office 365, if I am in SharePoint or if I am in my Outlook, um, how is it applied? Is it applied automatically? Is it applied everywhere? Can I can I break it down to specific services within Office 365? Sure. So there's a couple of places where sensitivity labels are applied. So so to repeat, we're focusing specifically on sensitivity labels. Um, retention labels are different. So it's okay. important to not confuse sensitivity labels with retention labels. With sensitivity labels, you apply those to either documents or emails. Okay. That's it. You apply them to emails in Microsoft Outlook. You apply them to documents in Word, Excel, PowerPoint, or on your desktop. You don't apply sensitivity labels today in SharePoint Online or OneDrive for Business or Teams. Okay. That's not there today. That's coming. But right now, you apply them to documents in Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and on your desktop. There might be a few other Office applications where that capability is coming, or in emails and Outlook. It's also important to understand that um, when you are applying them manually, so when I say you apply them to those things, that's referring to manually applying sensitivity label. So a person is choosing this document or this email is classified as sensitive or restricted or secret or top secret or something related to its sensitivity. Okay, that's a that's user-based classification we refer that to. And a person does that in one of those apps. So again, on your Windows desktop, in Outlook, in Word, Excel, or PowerPoint. So I can go and specify this is an internal only or public use or confidential or sensitive. Right. I, cannot, I can That's define right. those labels myself. That's right. Um, the other thing to remember is when you're applying those labels manually to emails, they get applied when you send the email, not Got before. It. So you don't apply these to emails that are sitting at rest in your mailbox. Got you it. apply them as you're composing an email and sending an email. To documents, they get applied in Word, Excel, and PowerPoint when you save them. Okay. Okay. So when you when you create a new document or an open document, you save it. That's where the sensitivity label gets applied. And um, there are other ways to automatically apply sensitivity labels. Also, for example, there is the AIP scanner. 
That is a separate piece of software that comes with AIP, Azure Information Protection, and it will scan your network file shares for documents, okay. and it'll look for sensitive data within those documents, and based on some rules you configure, apply those sensitivity labels to the documents. So you mentioned it scans the network shares. What about if I have to automatically apply um, the sensitivity labels on documents stored in SharePoint? Not happening today. Not happening today. There is a feature coming out in preview okay. um, that supports that. Um, there are some nuances to how and when those labels are applied, but today the AIP scanner scans those documents in um, emails. Now, you touched on a point a moment ago. You can define your sensitivity labels in the Microsoft Security Center or the Microsoft Compliance Center or in the Office 365 Security Compliance Center. So in those three admin centers, you can define your sensitivity labels and then they get pushed out to those places. Um, in there, there are places to automatically apply sensitivity labels. There is a configuration for automatically applying sensitivity labels. When you configure your sensitivity labels in either the security center, the compliance center, or the security and compliance center, there is a setting for automatically applying labels. And what that does is when you send an email, the body of the email gets scanned, and based on the contents, it'll automatically apply a label then. Okay. When you save a document, the document gets scanned, and based on what it finds in the document, it'll automatically apply label. So okay. today, when you go to the Security Compliance Center, you configure an auto-apply rule um, for sensitivity labels. Those are when it automatically applies them. It is okay. not scanning your content as it exists in SharePoint today and applying a sensitivity label. Got it. So question to you from that perspective. So I am composing an email and I flagged it as internal only, for example, but the send to is for someone external, is not part of my company. Does that sensitivity label prevent me from sending the email when I click on send? Or not necessarily. It brings up a policy tip. Okay. So you can configure the label so a policy tip appears um, informing you of that. Okay. So the user can still make a decision about sending that or not. Got it. So you mentioned um, it's it's for documents and emails today and SharePoint and Teams is coming up. So I, in the future, I'll be able to apply a sensitivity label at a SharePoint site specific, whereas that SharePoint site would be only internally or sensitive or confidential. Correct. So I should I should backtrack for a second. There has been a method for defining sensitivity labels like that for SharePoint sites before. Okay. It was a separate configuration that you'd perform with PowerShell. Those labels, I believe, would be stored in AD, and then you could choose them when you're creating a new site. Right. Those are moving to um, being able to be um, created and managed as part of your regular sensitivity labels. Got it. So that is a functionality that was um, announced at Ignite, which is coming hopefully uh, in Q1 or Q2 of this year. Now, do I get any 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 dashboard on um, the type of documents or the number of documents or who's having who's actually saved documents that are sensitive? Are there any dashboarding that will give me some insights yes. of my organization? Yeah. So um, when you in, in the the console in the Microsoft Compliance Center or the Microsoft Security Center, um, you can actually see a label analytics dashboard, and it'll show you various metrics on which labels are being used. Um, how often they're being used, which documents are labeled or are not labeled um, that you can use. Awesome. Retention on that document expires, 
then typically it has to go for a disposition review. And that means somebody has to approve that um, the organization is fine and not at risk for deleting it. And then it actually gets deleted. So once you have those approvals. And that disposition review, does it work with flow? Is it how it is and how does that? No, unfortunately. So um, the disposition review. So um, in uh, Microsoft 365, Office 365, there is a disposition review console. Okay. So when document when a document's retention expires, it gets added to the disposition review list. People that have been um, configured to be the reviewers for that label will receive a notification. And that list of documents that accumulates that are um, um, eligible for disposition, it's actually security trimmed based on the users you put for disposition review. Okay. Um, so if you receive a notification, you go to the disposition review console, you only see the documents that you are permitted to approve the disposition of. Um, and then uh, from there, from that console, you have to, you have either three actions you can choose from. You can say, yes, dispose of this document. You can say, um, extend the retention period on this document, or you can relabel the document with a different retention label. Got it. Awesome. Um, but there is unfortunately today, no approval workflow that you can run through flow. Oh. That is something that we have been asking for because in many organizations, mm -hmm. um, disposition has to go through multiple steps of reviewers or approvers before they can be disposed. Um, in some large organizations where they have a disposition team, the disposition team are the people that click the button saying dispose, but they are not the people that approve that you're allowed to dispose of this. Exactly. So we're looking forward to some sort of a flow-based approval process being integrated with that someday so that we can build our own approval processes around dispositions. Yeah, fingers crossed. So yeah. now we're gone, let's talk SharePoint a bit. Okay. Um, into a flat architecture. We have all the modern SharePoint sites okay. where each site is a site collection. Traditionally from records management, you go and apply, for example, an information management policy at the site collection level, and you define that policy. And then when the actual policy kicks in, whatever that retention is for seven years plus created date or modified date, it goes into different stages of disposition, very similar to what we have in M365 or Office 365. However, we've gone into a flat architecture. How do you, and then let's take one, one company and it's onboarding into Office 365, then migrating all the content into different SharePoint site collections. Um, and then they're using Teams, they're using Exchange. How do you classify that? How do you go and say some documents will have to live for five years and some documents will have to live for seven years because yeah. you're applying it to all the SharePoint site collections? Do you have to define, how do you define the content that will meet those policies? That's a great question. And do you mind if I extend your question to both sensitivity and retention? Absolutely. Okay. So when you take the migration scenario into account, let's talk sensitivity first. You're going to migrate, let's say, user mailboxes into Office 365. That's one of the first one of the first workloads right. that you migrate. Right. Um, there is no way today to classify your emails for sensitivity as they sit at rest in mailboxes. So right. if you have a requirement to all our emails have to be classified for sensitivity before they get moved into Office 365, like some governments have, that is not possible today. Okay. Good right. Like I said earlier classifications are applied to emails when you send them. Okay. The automated application of sensitivity labels to emails happens on sending also. I go to send an email, it evaluates the contents based on the rules I configure, it automatically applies a label. The user didn't have to go select one. 
That is yeah. the automated application sensitivity labels. Correct. Um, with documents, the only way to classify them for sensitivity before they go into um, Office 365 is through the AIP scanner. Okay. So you have them sitting on network file shares or drives, and you run the AIP scanner with some conditions configured, and it goes through, evaluates every document, applies sensitivity labels there. Okay. The reason that is done that way is the sensitivity label is actually a piece of metadata that sits inside the document or inside the email. Okay. It's added to the email as an X header and to the document as a piece of metadata in one of the particular chunks in the document. Okay. Um, so the, the advantage of that is as documents travel around your organization, the sensitivity of it travels with the document. Got it. Okay? So keep that in mind. With retention, retention is different. The retention label does not live inside the document. The retention is a piece of metadata in SharePoint or in That's OneDrive. Correct. That's correct. Right? It's not in the document. It doesn't travel with the document necessarily. Right. That's correct. Um, so in that case with retention, you have rules you can configure to automatically apply retention labels. And those okay. can work off of sensitive data within the document or content types or other metadata fields associated with your documents. Awesome. So you can configure rules using what's called the KQL, the, the keyword yeah. query language right. um, to actually um, evaluate the content um, for content type, other metadata fields, um, sensitive data within the document, and based on that, those rules you configure, automatically apply a retention label. So there, what you would do is you would migrate your content into SharePoint, and then you would run your automated rules and apply that retention, right. those retention labels to documents after the fact. Yeah. But the automated retention rules run on a particular schedule. Yes. I think it's once every seven days they run. That's correct. Um, that way, you know, you would configure your rules. You want to test them first. You're going to have to wait up to seven days to test them. Once you validate they're going to work, then you might run it on a big chunk of your content. Right. So in the case of retention, you're going to migrate your content in first and then apply your retention labels using those automated rules. Got it. Good yeah. to know. It's good to know that there are options that the user does not have to worry about actually applying labels manually for retention perspective. That's right. Uh, we have an automated way through the keywords or through the content types of metadata, and we can automatically tag meta, um, metadata for specific documents or content types for SharePoint. So yeah. it's, a, it's a good way to take that pressure off the end user from, a, from an information management and governance perspective that we have retention. All they have to deal with is just managing the actual content, and at some point that the detention label uh, will look again. That's right. And organizations get to the point of needing those automated rules really quickly because the alternative to the automated rules is a user manually selecting a retention label. Exactly. In the case of sensitivity labels, it's a little bit different. But in the case right. of retention labels, most organizations have a meaningful retention schedule, right? And the idea of going to a dropdown in every document and having to scroll through a list of, I don't know, more than 20 retention labels. Right. Uh, which most organizations have a lot more than 20, right. um, is really difficult, right? First, you need people to know what the retention schedule is. Second, that dropdown cuts off the name of them after a certain number of characters, right? And okay. it's not that many characters. I think it's 14 right. characters. And then second, um, as soon as you have any meaningful number, it's really hard to select them. So the automated application retention labels becomes important. It also becomes important to know what licenses you need to have access to the yeah. automated application retention labels, yeah. right? Um, 
anything other than applying retention labels manually requires an E5, an Office 365 E5 license. So that includes um, if you have a default um, retention label on a library. For that to apply a retention label to your documents, you need an Office 365 E5 license. A lot of people don't realize that. That's it feels right. like just a default, but it is the automatic application of retention labels. And according to the Microsoft product team, what we've heard is you need an E5 license for that. that As well, any of the auto apply rules also need an E5 license. Yeah, anything like to your point, yes, I, I've, I've seen it. Anything that outside of uh, a manual yeah. uh, applying of the, the labels, it is an E5, unfortunately. That's any right. automatic applying of any label, it is an E5. Exactly. Um, also, the other records managed capabilities like managing a file plan, um, the disposition review process, event-based retention, using the API for retention labels, all of that requires an E5 plan. Exactly. Yeah. Good, so good, any good real enough. records management, unfortunately, requires an E5. E5. Awesome. Well, that was very, very informative and very useful. I've learned a lot as well. Good. Thanks for sharing the information. Absolutely. And, uh, we will look forward for another episode on M365. Thanks for being here. Thank you.